1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500
0: If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at paramountshop.com.
2: Tonight, as we come on the air, what might be a turning point for America's schoolchildren as a number of Democratic governors move to end mask mandates in the classroom for students and teachers. As a growing number of parents worry about their kids' mental health, the big announcements tonight from New Jersey, Connecticut, and Delaware joining Pennsylvania, why the CDC has a different message. Stopping a Russian invasion. With more of Putin's troops heading to Ukraine's border, the French president faces off with Russia's president in hopes of diplomacy. Plus, President Biden's warning to Americans currently living in Ukraine. Breaking news, supermarket shooting. The manhunt tonight for a suspect considered armed and dangerous. We'll have all the new details. Major developments in the Olympics. The devastating wipeout for reigning gold medalist Michaela Schifrin. Navy SEAL candidate death. The investigation after a former college football star dies following Hell Week. The Queen's Platinum Jubilee her remarkable 70-year reign, including 14 presidents and many James Bonds. Tonight, how she celebrated. Hero crossing guard, the quick-thinking woman who saved a child's life. And a gym with a special mission, to make all feel welcome and build confidence.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us as we kick off the week together. Tonight, the first glimmer of hope in what could be life after the pandemic. Three states across the Northeast, once the epicenter of the Omicron surge, have announced timelines to end strict COVID mask mandates. The governors of New Jersey, Delaware, and Connecticut all made the announcement to end their state's in-school mask mandates as cases continue their steep decline nationwide. According to Johns Hopkins, the number of new cases yesterday are down more than 95 percent from the high of nearly 1.4 million on January 10th. More states are expected to follow suit, even as the White House today said that universal mask wearing in schools still remains our recommendation. Well, we've got a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Nancy Chen will start us off from New York. Good evening, Nancy.
3: Nora, good evening to you. Americans are still sharply divided over restrictions, but one after another, state leaders are moving to a new normal, even as health officials urge caution. New Jersey has had one of the country's strictest mask mandates in schools until now.
4: This is a huge step back to normalcy for our kids.
3: Democratic Governor Phil Murphy announcing an end to mask mandates in schools.
4: We're not going to manage COVID to zero. We have to learn how to live with COVID as we move from a pandemic to the endemic phase of this virus.
3: COVID cases there are down 89 percent, but the CDC continues to recommend universal masking in schools. Deidre Birmingham, a New Jersey mother of two, fears the new rules will lead to mass chaos. What are your concerns going down the road?
2: It's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. When a new variant comes along, it would be hard to ask people to
5: go back to putting masks on.
3: In Illinois, where cases are down 73%, more than 140 school districts scrambled this weekend after a judge forced them to drop the state's mask mandate.
4: The judge's decision cultivates chaos for parents, families, teachers, and school administrators across the state.
3: The ruling came after more than 700 parents sued to stop the mandate. Tonight, Connecticut's governor is dropping their school mask requirement. On Friday, Delaware's governor is ending that state's indoor mask mandates and lifting it in schools next month. Nationwide, COVID cases are down 42 percent from just last week. But health officials warn normalcy isn't here yet. What does normalcy look like these days?
0: Well, I think normalcy, Nancy, is going to be when transmissions down to an exceedingly low level. The only caveat is to make certain that it really does go down where you can halt mask restrictions. We're not there yet.
3: And here in New York, as COVID cases fall, the state's mask mandate is set to expire on Thursday, with the governor signaling it could be lifted entirely. Nora.
2: Nancy Chen, thank you. Tensions over Ukraine and Russia were at the top of the agenda today when President Biden welcomed the new German chancellor for the first White House visit. Meanwhile, French President Emmanuel Macron traveled to Moscow for a sit-down with the Russian President Vladimir Putin in hopes of building what he called stability on the European continent. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports from the White House.
5: Another day, another show of force from Russia's military, conducting joint patrols with Belarus using missile-laden fighter jets. They were scoping out hundreds of U.S. troops that have just arrived in Poland, as Pentagon officials now warn that if the Russians invade neighboring Ukraine, they could topple the capital of Kyiv in just two days. We have a lot to talk about. Amid the rising tensions, President Biden met in the Oval Office today with the new chancellor of America's largest European ally, Germany. But Germany relies on Russia for a third of its gas supply. And once again today, the chancellor declined to echo the U.S. threat to shut down a new Russian gas pipeline called Nord Stream 2. President Biden suggested he doesn't need Germany's support.
1: If Russia invades, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it.
5: U.S. military officials warn that Russia has now amassed 70 percent of the combat forces it would need for a full-scale takeover of Ukraine. The Pentagon says it could leave 50,000 civilians dead or wounded and 5 million displaced. Over the weekend, Russian officials called those projections madness and scaremongering. CBS's MTS Tayab is with Ukrainian soldiers who are preparing for the worst.
4: It must be terrifying, though, to have so many Russian forces, so much Russian weaponry right on your doorstep.
2: It's not too terrifying for us because we
6: fight already eight years.
5: Russian President Vladimir Putin wants assurances that Ukraine will not be allowed to join the NATO alliance a demand he reiterated in a meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron in Moscow today. President Biden said it would be a good idea for Americans living in Ukraine to leave.
1: I hate to see them get caught in a crossfire if, in fact, they did admit
5: Putin said today he is open to more diplomatic talks, but he also touted his nuclear stockpile. And Pentagon officials say as recently as this weekend, Nora, Russia was still sending more troops to the Ukrainian border.
2: Nancy Cordes at the White House, thank you. And we have some breaking news. It was chaos at a grocery store in Washington today after a man opened fire, killing one person and injuring at least one other. We get more now from CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti.
4: Right the the Tonight, the town of Richland is on alert as police search for a man who opened fire inside a Fred Meyer grocery store and then fled. White male, leave armed arm with a handgun. Please do not contact him. Photos from surveillance show the alleged gunman wearing a plaid shirt and down vest, pushing a shopping cart moments before allegedly pulling out a handgun and shooting. Two people were hit. One was killed. Another, a store employee, is being treated at an area hospital. He is in critical condition. The suspect and the deceased male from inside had some sort of interaction inside the store. We don't know exactly to what extent that was. The shooting happened this morning when the store was busy. One witness reported hearing multiple shots fired. It is believed the suspect may have left in a vehicle. We're pursuing all investigative leads in order to find that individual and get him taken into custody. And the FBI and ATF are now assisting with this investigation. Police say they have identified a person of interest. His motive, though, tonight remains unknown. Nora.
2: Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Well, tonight, the White House says President Biden is considering restricting the use of no-knock warrants by federal agents. The increasingly controversial tactic gained renewed attention after a Minneapolis police officer shot and killed 22-year-old Amir Locke last week during a no-knock raid on his cousin's apartment. Here's David Schuman of our CBS Minneapolis station, WCCO.
7: It's time to do right or move along. At Minneapolis City Hall today, there were more calls for justice.
6: We will not stand for it
8: any longer.
7: Hundreds more took to the streets over the weekend, demanding accountability after last week's police shooting of 22-year-old Amir Locke.
6: You know we're here for them, and this is how we show we're here for them.
7: Locke was shot and killed inside of an apartment just before 7 a.m. last Wednesday as SWAT officers executed a no-knock search warrant. Police body cam shows officers entering the apartment where Locke was asleep on the couch. He can be seen holding a gun as an officer fires three shots, killing him. Locke's name was not on the search warrant.
6: A mirror was a gun carrying license individual.
7: In November 2020, Minneapolis implemented new restrictions on no knock warrants. The Minneapolis police performed a total of 171 raids that year. In the year following, they executed only 78. So far this year, the MPD has served at least 11 no knock warrants. The officer who fired the shots has since been placed on administrative leave. Locke's parents are left with bitter grief.
4: We believe that he executed him, our son, Amir.
7: I should be able to tell my son that I
2: love you and he says I love you too. (laughs) But now I have to do that
8: in spirit.
7: Today, the city council's oversight committee held a meeting with the mayor to discuss the use of no-knock warrants, following the mayor putting a moratorium on the practice after the shooting. So far, no word on if the officer will be charged in this case, Nora.
2: David Schumann, thanks. Well, tonight an investigation is underway into the death of a Navy SEAL candidate who died following several days of grueling training known as Hell Week. The Navy says 24-year-old Kyle Mullen of New Jersey, a former college football star at Yale and Monmouth University, and a second candidate were transported to a hospital after experiencing symptoms of an unknown illness on Friday. second candidate remains hospitalized in stable condition at Naval Medical Center San Diego. All right. Day three of the Winter Olympics is in the books and Team USA is off to a historically slow start, especially in the medal count. CBS's Jamie Ucas is in Beijing with the highs and lows of America's
8: best. I've
9: already lost count of the number of times I've cried today.
8: Figure skater Vincent Joe delivered the news of his positive COVID test via Instagram.
6: I have been doing everything in my power to stay free of COVID since the start of the pandemic. I've isolated myself so much that the loneliness I felt in the last month or two has been crushing at times.
8: The 21-year-old had just won silver in the team event. Joe's withdrawal capped an emotional day of competition. American skier Michaela Schifrin lost control on the giant slalom, forfeiting her chance to defend her gold medal.
7: Quad number one, quad
8: Fifteen-year-old Kamila Voliva of Russia dazzled the judges, becoming the first female to land a quad at the Winter Games. Beautiful air position. But politics continues to hang over these games. U.S.-born figure skater Gu Yi deciding to compete for China broke down after falling twice, prompting online critics to call her a disgrace. While Chinese tennis star Peng Shuai met with the president of the International Olympic Committee in Beijing. Late last year, Shuai accused a former Communist Party official of sexual assault in a new interview with the French newspaper Le Keep. She denied she'd ever been assaulted. Reporter Mark Von Twiak believes she answered his questions carefully. Uh,
10: if we made the interview in English alone with no uh, no Chinese official in the room, the answer will be the same.
8: In that interview, Peng Shui announced her retirement from tennis. Later today, Vincent Joe's teammates, Jason Brown and Nathan Chen, will take to the ice in the men's individual competition. As for Joe, he says he is not done skating. His career, he says, is far from over. Nora.
2: That's some good news. Jamie Ucas, thanks. Tensions are rising over the border in Canada because of COVID restrictions. The mayor of Ottawa, the country's capital, is declaring a state of emergency after a trucker protest is, is in its 11th day. The truck the drivers are fighting vaccine mandates and other restrictions. The police chief described the city as being under siege with thousands of truckers bringing the downtown to a standstill. All right, let's turn now to the United Kingdom where the celebrations of Queen Elizabeth II's Platinum Jubilee year are underway. And CBS's Mark Phillips has more on Britain's longest serving monarch.
1: Lovely, thank you very much indeed.
10: What do you give a queen on the 70th anniversary of her record-breaking reign? Apart from the adoration of a grateful nation, you give her a cake. But it turns out it was the queen who provided the gift. She announced that Camilla, second wife of her son and heir, Charles, should be known as Queen Consort when he becomes king. It's the final step in Camilla's rehabilitation. It was Princess Diana who labeled Camilla as the third person in her ill-starred marriage to Charles. And Charles and Camilla waited a decent interval until they married. But it's taken until now to settle what the next king's wife should be called. It's just the latest twist in an often glorious but sometimes messy drama of a reign. This is a queen who's been there through 14 U.S. presidents and who has danced and charmed and ridden with them through seven decades of history. A queen who other types of royalty have wanted to be seen with. That's old blue eyes, Frank. That's Marilyn. And three James Bonds, Sean pierce and daniel a queen who came to the throne as part of a glamorous young couple now faces the last years of her reign as a widow but a queen who has delivered on her promise to serve her people with a smile and this evening the palace announced that after a pause due to the covid lockdowns and some minor ailments the queen now approaching her 96th birthday will be resuming her duties Nora.
2: Thank you, Mark Phillips in London.
6: for details. That's R A K U T E N. Your cash back really adds up.
2: All right, tonight the Navy is confirming the authenticity of video that was leaked online showing last month's crash of a $100 million F 35 fighter jet. Take a look at this. Flight deck camera video shows the jet slamming into the deck of the USS Carl Vinson bursting into flames and sliding into the South China Sea. Seven sailors, including the pilot, were wounded. The Navy is planning to recover the high-tech plane from the seafloor as it investigates the crash and that video leak. All right. The country's largest discount airlines, Frontier and Spirit, announced plans for a merger today. The $6.6 billion deal would create America's fifth largest airline. No word yet on what the airline will be called. Prices are not expected to change dramatically. And in a bit of bad timing, a technical problem caused Frontier to cancel one-fifth of its flights today. Okay, now to this moment of heroism in action, and it was all caught on video when Maryland crossing guard Annette Goodyear saw a car speeding at a girl in the crosswalk. Well, she put her life on the line and look. Oh, she shoved the girl to safety. The car clipped the police corporal, but she wasn't seriously hurt. Goodyear says as a parent, she does everything she can to keep all children safe. Just incredible. Walking into a fitness center for the first time can be intimidating for anyone. It can be especially difficult for those that face extra challenges in life. CBS's Janet Chamlin reports on a gym trying to change that. The workouts are grueling in this Phoenix gym.
5: Stand it all the way up, there you go, there you go.
2: But muscles aren't the
11: only measure of progress.
5: Shoulders down, elbows up.
11: Some of the athletes, like Cade, are autistic. Others have Down syndrome or cerebral palsy. None have taken strength training until now. What made you think the kids needed that physical activity?
5: A lot of the students I was working with could not get their body to listen to their brain. I'm like, okay, well, I think we are going to do something about it. Speech pathologist
11: Sarah Ferrison and Lily Voza, also certified trainers, created the AbleFit
4: classes.
3: Bring
11: betting that newfound physical strength would lead to cognitive and emotional gains.
4: When he's lifting the heavy weights, it helps his mind-body connection allow him to pronunciate
1: better.
11: David works out with his sister, Abby. Eden comes with her dad from different backgrounds and abilities. The training is forging friendships, building confidence.
9: Yeah, <laughs> out of
7: this.
11: Cade, who uses a device to speak, Just might express it
7: best. It is a gym that believes in me. Good job,
11: guys. Janet Shamlian, CBS News, Phoenix.
2: You know what they say: movement is medicine. I'm so excited for tomorrow because we've got an amazing story of an oncology nurse who continued to treat patients even after her own cancer diagnosis. So, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you back here tomorrow. Good night.
6: and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
9: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. and I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day, so thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.